Welcome to Breaking Free. I'm Rania Kurdi, a transformational life coach, comedian, and mother of two. And you can join me weekly to hear some intimate self-reflections and conversations with inspirational friends and guests from all around the world, sharing what they needed to break free from in order to live a life of purpose. The holidays and the start of a new year is a time where images of the perfect family or perfect relationship seem to be on every TV commercial, every poster and every greeting card. But is that the reality that most people are living? I decided to dedicate today's episode to all the single mums out there by discussing both the challenges and rewards that can be experienced after leaving a marriage or partnership that wasn't fulfilling. Many brave women have left or escaped abusive husbands without any financial or emotional support, as well as the fear of losing their kids. But today, I'm talking to the women who choose to leave because they are no longer happy. So if you do have the privilege of having financial support and custody of your kids, but you decide to break free from a marriage that doesn't work, is it as easy as it sounds? Or does it come with a different set of challenges? Fear of the unknown keeps so many women from making that decision, so I hope this episode will answer some of your questions. Today I'm with a beautiful group of women who, like myself, are single mums from different parts of the world but living currently in areas of the Levant like Lebanon, Cyprus and Jordan to have an honest discussion about the highs and lows of separation, divorce and raising kids alone. Hi everyone. Hi. Hello. Now, some of us may have chosen to leave the marriages and some didn't. We didn't have the choice. And also some of us might have happened, um, the separation or the divorce might have happened early on when the children were young and some of us later on in life after the kids had grown up. Could you each give a brief background of your circumstance? I like that we're a real mixture here of different sort of... um, circumstances some are divorced some are separated some are still in the marriage sort of but kind of living a single mum lifestyle so could you give us an idea first of all we've got Lily Lucia and Dana with us um can we start with you Lucia yes sure um so I was never married I had marital life with my son's father for 17 years And two and a half years ago, I decided to call it quits after raising my son on my own, even though I was sharing a supposed family life with my son's father, who was working abroad. Uh, My son is now 11 and uh, moved out of the house we were renting as a family and have been raising my son and handling obviously all the logistics and the day-to-day psychological and logistical matters. His father, however, decided to move to Cyprus uh, a year and a half ago, and we are currently sharing custody in a timing of two weeks with me and two weeks with him. So for the first time ever, you have some space and time for yourself to have like two weeks off while he has him. Yes, um, this is the only uh, positive aspect of the separation. Yeah. Uh, because indeed, for the first time in forever, I do have time for myself and time to concentrate on my career and and 
and to have time to rest as well. Uh, however, it's been very hard for my son because mm. up until today, he still rejects the time with his father. Mm. It must feel um, unusual if that isn't how things were before, you know, to suddenly have time alone with one parent when they're not used to it. Yes, he is quite nostalgic nostalgic of the prior arrangements and keeps on asking me when his father is going to find another work abroad and just yeah. leave. So your situation is pretty much single mom raising um, your child alone, even though you weren't considered single mom all through his childhood. And now that he's slightly older, you're actually living a more separated life in, in the eyes of everybody where your child has to go two weeks to his dad and two weeks with you. Yeah? Yes. Okay. And your husband isn't um, of, of Arab origin, but you happen to be living in the Middle East and now moved to Cyprus. Yes. So we were never married. Uh, that's why I call him my son's father. Mm. Uh, yes. We were living uh, in Jordan for seven years. I mean, I was. <laughs> yeah. With my son. And now I live in Cyprus, which is very close to the Middle East. Okay, thank you, Lucia. Can can we get an idea, Dana, of your situation? Yes, uh, I was married to my husband for seven years and decided to leave just before the pandemic hit, which was great timing. And mm -hmm. um, I mean, some people could see that as the worst timing. How did it end up great for you? How did that work out? It was great for me because it gave me time to decide if this is what I really wanted. And mm -hmm. I couldn't just travel back to where we were living to go see my ex. We decided everything over the phone. And, you know, I have two little girls. At the time they were three and five. And I just moved back home to where my parents live. And it made it a bit easier for me because it gave me time to reflect. And he wasn't able to travel to come and visit us because of, you know, travel ban so he wasn't able to travel and, and see us for a year and a half which was a bit of a challenge in a way for the kids but for me it made my life a lot easier because it gave me a chance to reflect and decide whether this was the correct decision and it was the right decision for me so um mm -hmm. yeah we've been together we've been married seven years together for 10 years and i i'm similar situation with lucia which is he was there, but he wasn't there. He used to travel a lot. So he was not really hands-on. Um, I can count the number of times he's changed a diaper. I can count the number of times he's read story, you know, stories to his children in bed. Uh, his job just didn't allow him to be there a lot. But also, mm, I'd say also his background, his upbringing isn't similar to mine. So I think I had expectations that were very different from how he was raised and so that also played played a role and um yeah just the distance so when we decided to leave when i decided to leave him it didn't make a huge impact on the children's lives because he was always traveling anyways so so it wasn't it wasn't a traumatic experience for the children it, it was just a gradual transition for them and now that the travel ban is over, he was able to come and visit. And it actually, I think, honestly, really helped the relationship together. And it put things in perspective for him 
and it's really helped them bond and it strengthened their relationship, I think. Wow. Yeah, I suppose it gives you time to test it out, see what it's like being alone with the kids um, and for them to get used to that as well, for it not to be a big yes, shock. It was definitely a challenge when they were younger. He wasn't he wasn't he didn't know how to handle young babies, young children who can't communicate. And now that they're a bit older, they can mm. communicate. So he's he's a lot more confident with how he's handling them. And so it does make it a bit easier yeah. for him. And it makes it easier for me. So when he does come to visit, you know, they they sleep over, they they see him for for a while, and it gives me a bit of a break as well. It's not as often as I'd like, but but it's a bit of a break nonetheless. And do you have family members around that can give you a break? Because sometimes if you're away in a different country, possibly like Lucia, it's harder to have that kind of support. Do you have any support system? Uh, yes, I have my parents, and I have a brother. And I have a huge, you know, network of friends and acquaintances who can always help. And it really does make life a lot easier compared to where I was living before, where I had not a single family member. I mean, his mom would help every now and then, for sure. But it was a very different mentality, different upbringing, different background, different everything. So the way she would do things, I would not approve of. Yeah. And I didn't also want to create more tension between us. So I would just accept things. Whereas now it's my family. So if they do something not to my liking, I can say something about it. Yeah. And um, Lily, what's your experience? It's slightly different. Yeah. Slightly different, kind of the same. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think the biggest similarity is is just having a a supportive uh, financially and yet completely, um, I mean, mostly unavailable husband, although my, my husband traveled and he would travel for extended periods of time. And when we first, when we first got married and, and I think the first two years of my, of my oldest son's life, he still had a Syrian passport and was traveling from the U.S. So when he would leave and get visas to go to other countries for his work, he would stay he would travel for a month. So he was always gone for very extended periods. Um, When he was home and present, he was a totally dedicated father, like super into the kids, loved to play endlessly with them. You know, all those, the way that babies repetitively like to like play the same game. He would, he loved it. He really got into it and he was a really engaged father in many ways that many men are not mm. and and always supported us financially and always supported me uh, in sort of whatever my choices were or whatever I wanted to do. So it, it, on the outside, it looked like a really amazing package and, and it and it was in many ways. And yet there was this absence this emotional absence in the marriage, this absence of, you know, when he was gone and traveling, he would literally just sort of disappear, like off the radar. And and that's kind of the way our personalities were. But then I was left um, to completely fend for myself and take care of everything in the household, you know, everything. And changing light bulbs and when something got broken and repairs and cooking and cleaning and basically everything 
and even when he came home he was more like and, and not in an arrogant way at all but more like a guest in the house and he didn't really take part in arranging things and and making how things work and how the pets get fed and when the babies eat yeah and I'm really not a, a, a controlling I, I'm really not controlling at all I'm pretty like loosey-goosey about everything but he would come in and want to ch- and just you know just change things just put things in a different place or or not notice that all the light bulbs were burned out in the hallway mm. because it just didn't it just wasn't on his radar so I would end up even though I was really quite supported and such a loving and giving father, I would still feel really frustrated and alone. And, and like, I didn't have the energy to do all the things that I needed to do and to keep my household beautiful. You know, especially as young mothers, we, we hold ourselves to such insane standards of like how our house should look and how perfectly clean everything should be and how it should be designed and how it's, you know, I remember all those things like, shit, I'm not giving my kids a bath every night. I'm the worst mother on the planet, but I just couldn't, I just couldn't bear to like take their clothes off and wash them and put new clothes on. I was too tired. So Mm. a lot of things, which now I understand were not at all important, but I, I really sort of, served myself a plate full of judgment and shame and all of those things around what I couldn't accomplish and thinking that I really um I should be able to accomplish those things because I have a man who's a dedicated father and a great provider and 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 you know and loves me and 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 is respectful to me and doesn't tell me what to do all these especially you know I'm married to a Middle Easterner who actually spent his um early years in the UK and then spent his teenage years in Brazil so there's like a latino arab macho potential and he doesn't he doesn't have any of that but still i you know it was really freaking hard and you're a foreigner sort of left to do everything by yourself in in a country that you didn't know at the time that's middle eastern and does expect a man to be involved in decision making or fixing or being there when you have someone come over to fix something you know all those things you would have to cope with and Mm. that was that's really was a really difficult part I mean my Arabic is not amazing and even if it were I don't think that people who would come to the home to fix things really respect my opinions at all Or, or or they just won't look me in the eye because out of respect they don't want to you know overstep a boundary or have too much conversation with me because that might look inappropriate so in the end it's like I can't communicate they can't communicate and then there's also this experience of the of the home not having a man in it which really gives a feeling of we're unprotected we're unguarded we're unwatched and it can invite all kinds of icky, weird, uncomfortable situations. Yeah. I mean, I, this is not a violent place where we live in. I'm, I'm not afraid in that respect, but our, my home was broken into. I've had many breaches of, of what felt safe and respectable to me because my husband just wasn't here and everybody in the neighborhood 
knew it. Mm. I mean, I had a situation where um, we had a, a, a car parked outside our house that um, burst into flames. And I had my dad living below us and my husband asleep. And I'm the one that woke up and dealt with it and woke everyone up and told them, you know, this is going on. And I phoned, phoned the, the fire department and the fire department didn't understand where the house was. And so I'm the one that drove down and got it sorted and told them to follow me. So in a way, they saw that I was the one in charge. And the fact that even though my dad was living with us and my husband, the fact that they saw that they kind of did not take over and do the right, we're the men, let's discuss this with you. Um, they then felt that they had the uh, permission to start hitting on me and start sending me indecent messages afterwards, um, which was really worrying and made me uncomfortable. And I had to sort of say to my dad and my husband, um, I don't want to be dealing with this. They obviously feel that they can talk to me this way because I don't have like a man that's going to interfere. Um, so can you take the call from here and say that I'm busy with the children and act like, you know, typical sort of housewife can't be dealing with this. Us as the men will be dealing with this so that I don't have to be in that uncomfortable situation. And so even if there is a man around, if they don't feel that he's playing the role that they expect a man to be playing, they do overstep boundaries very, very quickly. That point actually for me is the hardest of all. Um, Financial independence is achievable. Um, everything can be managed. But this lack of security and this um, power that men try to, to use over women is uncomfortable, uh, revolting. And um, turns out that at the end of the day, even though we are normal humans and working beings, we, I have to close some doors because of the behavior of certain men. And it makes my life more difficult, not only because it doesn't feel good to have such attitude in front of you, but also because it makes my life more complicated because there are certain services I don't have access to anymore because I don't want to get that attitude from men. Yeah. And I was going to say before, like, what is the difference of being left um, or deciding and choosing to be the one who leaves? And we're all in the same position here where we've chosen to leave, actually. Um, but how I feel is that fingers are pointed when you're the one that chooses to leave because you're unhappy. There's no fault at the person who hasn't left. And I can kind of see how for the husbands, it's all been very... Um, comfortable and and suited them just fine because they could get on with their work they could do what they wanted to do it was us that was actually left alone to kind of do all the other stuff um, and it felt lonely and it didn't feel like a companionship or a partnership in a way but for them I can see how it could suit their needs quite well so you know it's quite obvious why they wouldn't maybe choose to leave but we would. Do you feel that fingers are pointed at you from your ex-partners as well as society as well? You chose this, so put up with it. For me, it was always, um, I'm, I'm reminded, you chose this. You, you're the one who decided to leave. You made this decision to split up this family. 
And it's never about what made me reach this decision. Yeah. That's, we're not having the conversation about what made me reach this, this, this decision. It's about mm. you left. But thankfully, I'm supported by my family emotionally and financially where I have, I can leave and it was easy for me to leave. And there was never this, you know, blame game of, no, or, you, the, it's the woman's duty to, to make it work. And, you know, we can't have a daughter who's divorced. And we, luckily I didn't have any of that. But every time there is friction between me and my ex, I'm always reminded of, you're the one who chose to leave. So just deal with it. Yeah. Uh, amazing, actually, that, thank goodness, all of us are in that privileged place where we do not have those pressures of you're not allowed to get divorced or the family are completely against it and forcing you to stay in a marriage you're unhappy in or financially you can't find a way out. Um, but there's still all these other pressures. So, yeah, Dana, thank you for that. Lucia and Lily, do you feel that you're the ones to blame and you have to manage and put up with your choices that you've made? Well, I... Um don't feel any pressure from the outside. However, I have been feeling very guilty for uh, splitting my son's family. And I have only been recently able to um, live it in a more peaceful way. And that was, um, it happened in June because I don't have, any kind of personal contact with my son's father. Um, we just manage logistics on WhatsApp messages with my son. But in June, I asked him for, I asked to have a coffee with him and to try to make things more civil, more flowy. And I, I asked him, you know, can we at least get together the three of us? I'm not saying regularly, but a few times a year just to show our son that even though we are not together and we don't agree with certain things, we're able to communicate. And he replied very bluntly that uh, no, that uh, our son doesn't need that. And the only reason he still talks to me is because we have a child together. And that actually was harsh, but also freed me because then I was able to completely move on and literally put him out of my life, put him out of the equation. And I stopped feeling guilty and I stopped even consulting him for decisions regarding my own son because he clearly doesn't want to be part of this dynamics so it is much better for me now yeah and Lily I mean in a way I did I I blew up our my marriage the romantic part of it because I was feeling so lonely and sort of last and all of those things and just wasn't wasn't working for me and I also consciously you know my husband and I both kind of consciously made the choice to keep our family together not not just for the kids you know as the story goes like oh, we're just staying together for the kids but because we have kind of a good family thing together as long as I'm not feeling bitter and 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 angry and lonely and I have the freedom to express myself outside of the marriage and all of those things um but yes I still I'm still the one that created all the waves so when 
or that I wasn't okay with the status quo. Um, but I think in general, my kids are older now, they're 14 and 17. And we all, we've all been really open about as open as we could be um, about what's happening between their dad and I sort of romantically and um and I think everyone appreciates because everyone's knows what's you know the boys also know sort of what's happening in in a discreet way and um and they just appreciate that we can all spend time together as a family without tension without too much tension and but but also corona was great for us because actually my husband had to stay home it was the longest time that we had been and spent and lived together in 20 years mm. so he did you know out of just being present start taking care of more things in the house and start connecting more with the space and that kind of thing so that that was really great and practical for us to spend that time together of course now now that things have opened up he's kind of shifted right back into his old pattern and you know that's I I, I have to accept that without taking it personally and try to find other ways to feel those things that he just is not in his personality to do I'm really trying to shift my judgment around all of that stuff but it's still it's quite a it's kind of you know symphony doesn't really play by itself we have some some longer moments of harmony but somebody's orchestrating it all and it's usually me Mm. and there's a lot of women that stay in the marriage and wait till the kids grow up and don't actually make the move of leaving the home or asking the husband to leave the home, but just have separate lives within the home. That was not an option for me. That was Mm. definitely not an option for me. It was very unhealthy if I had stayed any longer. And and that's not the kind of message I want to send to my children, that I'm willing to tolerate any type of behavior just to make a marriage last longer. Or to say that it's working. So you had bad behavior. You had difficult behavior that was happening. So, I mean, what people might think a successful marriage is people who've stayed together for 50 years. That doesn't necessarily mean that it was a good marriage. You could have had a 10-year marriage that was great. And it just, you know, you both had to leave. It was the right time to leave. And that that can be a successful marriage for me. You know, Mm. you're raising your children in a healthy environment. Both parents are happy, separated. Then so be it. This is modern marriage, modern, you know, it's a modern way of raising your children. Fine. And so be it. But to stay just for the sake of saying we need to make it work, but no, no one puts in the effort or no one puts in the time and the work for it. And just the relationship fizzles out or we each live our separate lives that's not a marriage for me. That's just, you know, wasting time and sending the wrong message to your children. I just think, you know, if anything, we need to send the right message to our children, which is we will not tolerate being treated badly. We will not tolerate, you know, anything that we don't accept for ourselves, anything that is toxic to ourselves, anything that can harm us just for the sake of saying it's successful. Yeah, but Dana, that is definitely in the situation of being treated badly. Definitely, that is not, you know, um, a a situation 
or an atmosphere that you should keep your children in and it's unhealthy. Uh, But sometimes in situations where the husband's never really been there and when they are there, like with Lily's husband, they're very hands-on with the kids and the kids actually enjoy their presence. Sometimes it can be much harder to like take them out of that environment Um, and it just becomes kind of easier to go with the flow and stick with it and then sometimes it just feels like oh you've let it go so long it's difficult to kind of come out well they're grown up now they'll be going off to uni soon and and it just kind of drags where you're living separate lives in the same home so everyone has different situations I think Um, but what what sort of regrets do any of you feel about making that choice I mean with it I'm sure come some parts where there's relief but are there any unexpected regrets you kind of thought oh god I didn't think that through now I've got to deal with this I don't believe in regrets yeah I would say (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's good yeah what what is in the past is in the past however I mean I believe it's the opposite I am able to finally truly um I would say discover who I truly am without being uh, pulled under the water by emotional abuse. Mm. So it has been really, really, really challenging for me, not only psychologically, but also financially, because a year and a half ago, um, uh, my son's father stopped contributing financially and I had to start my life over from zero with zero. Um, so that part has been stressful. Sorry, Lucia, can I ask a question? When you say he stopped contributing financially, does that also include any of your son's expenses like education or is it just anything for your life maintenance? Um, my son was living with me, his father not being in the same country until a year and a half ago. So his father was contributing for daily expenses and education. Uh, when he moved to back to the same city we live in and we started sharing custody, he stopped uh, assisting uh, my, my own household. Uh, however, he is uh, paying for education and after, after school activities. However, since September, he's been pressuring me to, to contribute as mm-hmm. well. And this I am fighting. And I don't think our contribution of bringing them up and doing all the daily things and, you know, our energy and our time going towards that rather than work is considered as something that's um, not saving money, but, you know, it is like an unpaid job. Right. It's It doesn't figure into the bottom line of the calculation. Yeah. Like, I've been earning the money. I've been supporting. And actually, you know, my husband is not really negative around that area but it is implicit you know it is that it's like this is sort of my what I what I was doing should have been like such a pleasure to me because it was to his mother that I that it doesn't need to be calculated in terms of economic value or contribution to the household or any of that it's so interesting how they fall back on money and numbers to sort of uh, diffuse their emotional pain 
you know, maybe they're hurt or maybe they feel something, but then they just like, ah, it's the money. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. manipulate you now be, by pulling back support and... And I think they truly do feel bitter about giving support because they don't see that what we're doing is not allowing us to support ourselves. Because, you know, if they had the kids full time, um, they would find it very hard to support themselves. And someone has to do it so that they can continue working. And it's really hard to take on like an everyday job that needs you to be committed because there's sick days off, there's holidays in the school that are unexpected. You know, the school could call you like halfway through the day and say, can you come pick them up? They're not feeling well. All sorts of things. Yeah, like right now, like I'm homeschooling two children. Mm. <laughs> it's, just, it's part of being a mom, you know, like if I had a full time job, I wouldn't have been able to have them. I, mean, I, I don't know what I would do if I had a full time job and they had to stay home and homeschool. It's it's yeah. such a challenge sometimes. And and dads felt it for the first time during COVID that they were going crazy trying to like have Zoom meetings or, you know, sit in a room that's like an office, but they could have their kid walk in at any time or have their noise in the background. And um, it was the same experience, a little bit, a taster of what it would be like if you were trying to juggle both things. Yep. Yeah. And do you find it hard people misunderstanding like why you wouldn't be happy enough? Like, why did you make such a choice do you feel the the struggle of that of other people and how they look at you and your decisions yeah for for me it's like nobody really knows what you're going through because they're not living with you they don't know what you're going through they can't and then yeah and then it's like I'll hear comments from the most random people sometimes like even I go to the doctor's office and they're like oh yeah you're divorced right yes I'm divorced that's such a shame. Why couldn't you just make it work? First of all, A, you don't know me. B, the audacity that you think you can comment about my life. Mm. And C, you don't know what happened. I mean, I don't have to, before I felt I had to justify why I wanted to get a divorce or explain myself. And now I've realized my life is so much easier when I don't have to explain myself and let people assume whatever they want to assume because they're going to do it anyways. So my life is a lot more peaceful where I don't have to justify or explain myself anymore. And we don't. I mean, we we need to be unapologetic and not caring about what anybody thinks. This is our birthright. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing that says you need to put up with being unhappy and just get on with it. But I think society expects you as a mom to do that. But then it's not sending a good message to your kids to see that you're unhappy and you don't choose to do something that, you know, makes you happier. Um, but then there is that guilt and feeling like, well, is this selfish because now they're unhappy? But who's to say that they'd be happier if you were an unhappy mom st- sticking out the marriage for, for longer? So it's quite a difficult situation. I mean, they, they, it's, you know, they say that there is uh, no perfect mom. There's only a happy mom. So... Mm. Um, and actually the other day I was feeling, I still have moments where, you know, guilt or just nostalgia or sadness of not having, not missing the man in my life, but just missing the idea of having a, a, a family. And the other day I was feeling a bit down and I didn't hide it from my son. And I told him, you know, I, I just wish that, 
you know, daddy would be still living with us and, you know, you, we could have a normal family. And he looked at me very calmly and he said, but daddy never lived with us anyway. He was much more at peace with it than I was. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's this image of women who walk out of a marriage or, you know, are living separately or whatever, that that's the kind of lifestyle we want. I mean, if it was the kind of lifestyle we wanted, we wouldn't have got into a marriage or a partnership and had the kids. We all wanted that happy family life where we did things together, you know, and it was only something and an, an unhappiness and an unwillingness of the other to make it work that makes you make that decision. You know, you're not going to make that decision for fun. I don't know anymore. I, I believe that Obviously, I've been doing a lot of work on myself. I believe that we attract whatever imbalance we have in our own selves. And so I do believe in future relationship, like in, in a future relationship, but it is very difficult to sustain over time if, if both parties are not very conscious of their own inner journey and don't communicate properly and don't um, are not willing to open up and face their traumas and 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 really work on on making it work because uh, this is how relationships should be so I don't put the blame on my ex-partner I just think that um we grew apart and then we need to i need to rebalance my own self yeah you don't put the blame but he however has a bitterness yes so it's it's really hard when you've kind of grown and acknowledged and you're vulnerable and open about it but the other person isn't and they put all the blame on you and they're very bitter about it like they had no no part in it yes but that's his problem, not mine. Mm. And what were the challenges that came with the choice of moving on that you hadn't expected, any of you? Whether it's them getting into another relationship and what sort of uh, things that throws into the whole situation or um, having to, you know, find a, a way to start a career for yourself or limiting you from being able to see somebody else, perhaps if, you know, you're with your kids all the time. What sort of things happened and that were challenging that you hadn't expected? On my side, um, I did not realize that with freedom came this uh, vulnerability towards men. And being a middle-aged single mom. Who's hot. Because <laughs> <laughs> that sometimes might be harder or easier. I don't know. Both. <laughs> well, Both. you know, okay. So to put this differently, I was, because of complete lack of attention, for a very long time when when I you know got my freedom back I was eager to find a man with whom I would be able to share uh, not a daily life but 
a certain amount of things. And it was too early for me. I got involved in two different relationships after my breakup. And I didn't realize that I really needed more time to settle my own self first, get back on my own feet. And I got, uh, you know, it was it, both relationships were really complicated. Um, with retrospect, I can see how I was uh, taken advantage of. Um, and so my my conclusion was really okay so now i'm single since june and i am not even thinking about even trying or find a man because i am doing my own work i am yeah so i need to recover from 17 years of dysfunctional marital life and two subsequent energy consuming relationships what about you, Lily, especially as you're sort of still a, a, well, seen as a couple or living together in the same home? What challenges? Well, similar to Lucia, I, um, I was really, really starved for affection and attention and sex, basically. And uh, when I sort of opened up my marriage, I made some rather <laughs> hasty, <laughs> I made some bad choices. <laughs> well, I mean, not, 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 I don't know, you know, everything kind of happens yeah. for a reason, as they say. I, I just, I just, I guess the, the real thing, strangely enough, is that I was not looking for a partner, a new partner to replace my husband because my husband mm. didn't need replacing in some strange way, in certain roles. And so I chose some wildly inappropriate lovers um, because they weren't husband or partner material because they were just lovers. And, um, you know, two out of three were bad. And I learned some very, very big, strong lessons around that. And now also I'm sort of slowing down and shifting my parameters and also trying to be really clear about boundaries about why I'm connecting with someone and in and for what reason I want to be in the relationship or or have no relationship but it's really forcing me to be very 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 circumspect and clear and communicative and that's also a total minefield but I'm happy to have gotten through that period of bad choices and and I don't regret anything although it didn't need to be so messy. Yeah, I think there is that period that you can be unforgiven for as well by others of it's somewhere between a midlife crisis and somewhere sort of like being a teenager again and making really naive stupid choices because you have been starved of affection, because you haven't been in a proper relationship for so long. It's like you kind of throw yourself to the wolves at the beginning. Mm. And, and so is your husband or partner kind of okay about you having relationships with other people? Do they know um, how open are you about that and how how open are they about doing that? 
because maybe, you know, they're doing stuff, but they don't allow or expect or agree to you doing it? For me, actually, it's the opposite scenario. I'm really, I mean, I'm as open as possible. Of course, I still want to be discreet and I don't want to just like bleh, barf mm. all my personal information on everyone in the family. But everyone in the family knows my my children. I, I try to be honest, like I'm especially my my older son. He's always kind of been my best friend and ally. And he always asks me like, mom, what's going on with that dude? So whereas my husband has doesn't have a clue and also I, I he's really really shy and he I think he might be seeing other people and I tried to ask him but he doesn't he doesn't offer that information and I, and I kind of feel like I mean do I need to be pushy that was also part of the one of the problems in our relationship so it's it hasn't really changed much in this new in this new way of relating. And I don't want to, I, I don't want to barge into his personal life if he doesn't want to share it with me. But it's also difficult for me to make decisions around our family and and those kind of things when I don't have the full information. But it's easy for me to be open and it's not easy for him. So I, I don't know. It's just a it's just a line. He he even said to me, we were fighting or shouting about something. And he's like, you know, I thought we were best friends now. And I'm like, best friends tell each other everything. Mm. And you keep secrets from me all the time. And I, he doesn't do it in a malicious way, but that's just, I'm starting to understand his character. So I don't know. It doesn't really fit any of the, any of the scenarios I've ever heard about. And and we are walking through it somehow together, yeah, apart but together. And and Dana, can you give us your your situation? The challenges I always knew were there from society. Anyways, it's just um, I find it very frustrating. For example, when I have to go pay for school, and everything is in the father's name. Oh, we need the father's name. I'm like. But I'm the parent that's here. I'm involved. This is the frustrating aspect for me, you know. Um, societal, I mean, I'm okay with my social circle. You know, they don't really know him very well because we didn't live here when we were married. So he's not known here in our society. So that's a, that's a blessing for me in a way. Um, and the challenges are just... It's trying to find the right balance and trying to navigate, you know, raising mm. these children together apart. And it's just finding the right balance. How much information do I need to tell him since he's not in the right in the same country? It's been my my most like biggest challenge. Because sometimes I'll leave something out and then he'll find out and he'll get upset. Why didn't you tell me? And I'll be like, oh, it was nothing. And he'll be like, no, but it's important to me. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't realize it was, I'm sorry. And then, you know, there's a bit of friction, but then it's okay. We're back on track. But right now he's engaged <laughs> and um, I've met her. But, uh, it's been a bit of a challenge accepting a new person in the kid's life in that aspect. They still don't know that they're 
you know engaged they know that they know that they're friends yeah they know that this is a special person for their dad but they don't understand in what context mm-hmm. um so it's been a bit difficult I, I tried to go to a child therapist to see if I'm handling it okay like when is the right time to mention it to them they're still dealing with my youngest one is still dealing with the idea of what divorce is so the the other day she came up to me and she said oh when Baba comes we'll go spend the night in the dead sea and you and Baba can sleep in the same room and I was like mama Habiti, we're, we're divorced you know divorce means that we don't sleep in the same room anymore we're not married anymore mm. She goes, oh, okay. So she's still wrapping her head around that. So now to tell them that Bob has moved on and he's getting married to somebody else is going to be a huge challenge. So like, yeah. And how do you feel about her kind of stepping in as a stepmom, making choices, spending time with your kids? Obviously, I, I, I have a bit of an issue with it because I have this fear that I am replaceable no one's ever said that they're going to replace me obviously and he definitely doesn't have the idea that I'm replaceable by her but I have my own struggle of what if I am replaceable what if you know he wants the kids to come and live with him and she's going to raise them like I start panicking about this thought and this idea and he's aware of this because the other day he he asked if she could take them out on her own to a play play area and in the beginning I was like okay, I don't want to make an issue out of this. Obviously, they're going to be together. They're they're going to get married. So I don't want it to be an issue. In fact, I want my kids to bond with her because I want them to get to know her. Because if they do end up spending a lot of time with them, you know, wherever their dad ends up living, at least it's somebody that I feel comfortable with. So let me get comfortable with her. Mm. And And so I said to him, that's fine. She can take them, obviously, with the nanny and, you know, to help just in case. And I I sent him a message. I said, listen, I need you to acknowledge that this is actually really difficult for me. And I'm trying to be very adult about this. And I'm trying to be, you know, trying to to talk to you about this in a very healthy way. But it is very difficult for me because I have a fear that I am replaceable, that my kids might love her more than they love me, that, you know, whatever it is, I want you to acknowledge that It, it would never happen. But it's a fear that I have. You know, yeah, you kind of want them to be happy with her and like exactly. her, but not too much. <laughs> exactly. You can't control that. You can't control. Well, and also the other, the other, like the, the step parent or whatever can totally be like the fun parent and take them and do all the fun things. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't have to do with the disciplining and yeah, that's... they're not doing the 24 seven. They're like the grandparent. Yeah. This is where I had the issue with. This is where I had the issue with. Because right. She's the fun one. And he's the fun one too, because when he comes to visit, he takes them to play areas. They have junk food. They watch movies late at night. You know, he's the fun parent. And I'm the one who's the disciplinarian. I'm there to help them study. I'm the one to take care of them when they're sick. I'm the one to deal with all of this stuff. And I can lose my temper sometimes, like every mom does and every parent does. But I'm not just the fun parent, which is why I was worried. And I have this fear that, they will love somebody else more than they love their own mother. Obviously, it's not going to happen, but there is this fear. So, yes. And and thankfully, thankfully, we are at a stage in our relationship, me and my ex, where we can talk uh, through a lot of therapy that I've gone through that has helped me with a lot of this stuff. I can talk to him and tell him what is going on in my head instead of just attacking him like I used to before, which is, you don't understand what's going on and you don't. Da, da, da. And now it's just like, look, I want you to, to acknowledge this. 
This is very difficult. I'm not resisting it, but you need to know where I am in my head. And he's like, you know what? I'm so glad you're telling me how you feel. We should keep being honest about how we feel and telling each other everything. And I'm sure it's very tough for you. You are not replaceable. No one is replacing you, but I would like our children to bond with my fiance. And I was like, okay, cool. We're all, we, we get each other. We're understanding each other. Slowly, slowly, we're getting there, you know? So yeah, that's that's been a bit of a challenge. But I think if the, the roles were reversed, mm. if I was the mm. one moving on, uh, socially, it would be a huge problem. A, I would lose my children if I wanted to get remarried because the, the children don't end up living with their mom when they get when she gets remarried. They go to my mother. Yeah, they go to my mother. Or, uh, or they can go to their father. I mean, I'm sure my ex, we've talked about it once before that he's like, you know, if you... If you're dating someone, you know, it's your choice, it's your life, do what you, whatever, whatever you want to do. But socially, obviously, it's a bit of a problem here to just date. And I don't want to date to get married. So, you know, I'm in this like limbo place right now. Um, but uh, anyways, it's the least of my worries right now. I, I'm focusing on my kids and I'm focusing on my career and I'm focusing on a lot of other things. And, you know, I'm sure if I, if I was in a, you know, a relationship that was going to end up getting, you know, going into marriage or getting engaged, I would have a huge discussion with, with my ex about it for sure, for the sake of the kids. But yeah. Mm. I mean, there's a loneliness staying in an unhappy marriage and there's a loneliness of doing things completely on your own. Which one would you say is worse or better now that you've, you know, been in both situations? There is no loneliness when you're on your own. You need to learn to be your own favorite uh, company. I think you learn that, but at the beginning, there is quite a lot of spending time by yourself. It's always you and just your kids. Um, there can be a relief in that, but there can also be a loneliness of, you know, less people in the house, less sharing. Um, and, and like we said, sort of at the beginning, we go through this like midlife crisis and throw ourselves to the wolves. Um, I think that comes out of a loneliness or lack of affection in our lives. So how would you compare both? I mean, I, I feel I've reached a, a wonderful place of enjoying time by myself now, even going to the cinema, you know, whatever it is. I have so much to do, so much that um, I'm passionate about. And I really love that time alone that I have time to do it. But at the beginning, it it wasn't that it was like a big dark hole that you know I didn't know how to fill yeah I think for me because my kids are still young I'm I'm mm. never alone for too long um but yeah. definitely the feeling of loneliness in a marriage for me was a lot harder than being lonely single yeah yeah I, I think it's so much harder to know that someone's there but you feel mm. lonely at least if you feel lonely because you're alone, it kind of makes sense. But it hurts so much more when someone's there and they just don't give you that love or that attention or that communication. Uh, you feel very sort of shut out. I would out. agree that loneliness, or give you shit. loneliness yeah, or give in you shit. relationship Let alone lack of attention. Is, is worse than mm. loneliness. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know. Because even though I shifted, we shifted our relationship in a way there are certain patterns around how my husband and I communicate that I still feel really lonely and often you know it's like three boys there are three men three boys in the house 
I don't I don't know how to play their way. I I feel I feel quite isolated in in the family still in many ways. So something that Dana spoke um, really, I don't know, it just really landed deeply in me. And she was speaking about her family or not not feeling so much pressure because she's like, they're my family. And I, and I felt like changing, shifting the, shifting the dynamic in my family has now actually made it my family. Now it's my family because I get to be my full self and even though I still feel lonely and shifting the relationship hasn't changed that, I feel like it's my family. I get to make the choices. You know, of course, I have to come to terms with what my husband wants and what he sees is right for the kids. But I somehow feel like it's now my family. And that is really something, something amazing. Um, you were asking what were the unexpected difficulties that we were facing when we left the marriage or the relationship. Um, While uh, Lily was talking, I realized that one that I'm still facing today, but I'm just handling it better, is my son being the only man of the house, um, feeling responsible for me. And I don't want to have that burden on him because I am the parent and he doesn't need to be the man. Um, So we're working it out, um, but mostly the answer lies in me being more balanced because when he feels that I am not feeling well, he has this need to step in. And now that in the past, let's say a few weeks, let's say I'm feeling much more balanced and I, I, I was able to go above a few hurdles and I am very happy on my own. I see a change in his behavior as well. He's able to go back to um, his role as a child and not trying to, yeah, to play to play the man of the house and to. I don't want him to feel like he has any responsibility other than you know taking care of his own self. Yeah. And, and a lot of family members, I mean, in the Arab world can say things like that to a child without really thinking about it, saying, oh, well, you now have to be the man of the house or are you taking yeah. care of your mama and things like that can, that can really worry them if they haven't thought about it. They think, oh, am I meant to? Yeah. How do I do that? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, as a, as a only child myself growing up, um, my dad traveled a lot. Um, it was part of his job. And my mom also wasn't really happy in the marriage, but stuck it out. Um, and that put responsibility on me, I felt, to be her partner, to like fill that emptiness yeah. and that space for her and always feeling guilty to move on and have my own life. And her also being a little bit bitter about me moving on, having my own life. Which, which causes codependency, where you become this person that always looks for someone that needs you so that you can, you know, provide that service and you end up in relationship after relationship of being the giver and the rescuer and the saviour. And it's very, very tiring and burns you out in the end. And sometimes you can give less to your children because you're so busy giving to your parents or giving to your partner and it's, it's really sad. So it's beautiful to see how aware 
all of you are as mums working on yourselves and making sure that it's the most balanced situation for yourselves and your children to grow up and be happy. I love that. And thank you so much for sharing so honestly and openly. And I'm sure that this would be so helpful for other mothers to hear um, that either thinking of taking that step or don't have the opportunity to take that step or have taken that step as well. Because when we hear each other, when we share with each other, it brings up things that maybe we haven't thought about just like it has happened today where you're kind of like, oh, actually, yeah, I'm not there anymore or I was there or, or that's made me think how I'm appreciative of this or that's still a difficulty in my life. And I think the more women share with each other like this and support each other, the more we have the power to, to grow and give our children a happy future. Thank you so much. And ourselves. Yes, and ourselves. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Breaking Free, please share it with your friends or on your social media platforms. And of course, I'd really love it if you can subscribe, rate or review the show. You can reach me directly at raniacurdy.com if you would like to ask a question, comment on what you heard today or find out how I can support you on your journey.